Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, it's a 5 o'clock hour on The Big Show. Craig Bullerjack filling in with uh, for Jake Scott. And you know the the old guys right across me, Gordon Monson. Hey, Sounds of the Week, great stuff. Brought to you by Action Plumbing. Spring into action before the summer rush. Get a complete AC diagnostic check. Before the rush for just $39, schedule it today. Make that phone call, 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. How's it feel to be back in the saddle again? You know what? It took a little while, but you know what? It's like riding a, riding a bike. <laughs> you don't forget. When was the last time you rode a bike? Oh, my gosh. About a year ago or so. Yeah? Did it feel my, different? Actually, or? you know what happened? Someone stole it out of my garage, and I like that bike. Huh. Had a good seat, had some springs front and back. You know, as you get older, you need all the springs you can get. <laughs> you need all the cushioning. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get out to the zone zone and talk with Mark Johnson, play-by-play man for the Colorado Buffaloes. Mark, how the heck are you, man? Jordan, Greg, doing very well. Enjoying the offseason, but uh, can't wait for college football to get going here in about, what, about 80 days or something? Yeah, the countdown's on. I, I, I tell you, it's a great time of year after you got spring ball, you got the little lull, and then all of a sudden the guys all come back and it's ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I guess the first question is, what's it like? Coach uh, McIntyre out and, and Mel Tucker in. Uh, what's that do for that for that program? Well, I think it shook things up a little bit, obviously, when you consider that just a couple of years ago, the Buffs were a top-10 team and, you know, played for the Pac-12 championship. And then the following year, we're sitting at 5-0 and on the bottom fell out. Uh, so, you know, it's been a little bit of a shakeup here the last uh, couple of seasons. And, and I think Mel Tucker has come in and really, I think, tried to lay a foundation. And, and really, you know, when you look at where he came from, guys, he's worked for Nick Saban three times, and most recently at Georgia, at Alabama, and then playing Wisconsin uh, at Ohio State. So he's uh, only played for the top programs or, or coached for the top programs in America. So he's playing a with them. And, you know, when spring ball was over, there were a number of guys that have, uh, you know, gotten a, shall we say, a ticket to go elsewhere. So he's cleaned a few guys mm-hmm. out of here. And it, so he's trying to set his culture with this program, I think, in his first number of months here, five, six months that he's been on the job. And then so far, so good. And obviously, the proof will be in the pudding when the game's get underway. But uh, there's a new sheriff in town. It's got a very different feel to it. Mark, do you think his NFL experience helps him in recruiting? I think it does. And, you know, just the other day, and we all know what social media has become from a recruiting standpoint, and uh, the football program would put something out. It was a list of all the guys that he's coached both in the NFL and guys he coached at Georgia and Alabama that are in the NFL and enlisted their salaries alongside them. And so uh, they're certainly utilizing that aspect of what he's done and uh, that part of his resume. And I, I think so far, you know, it's, it's interesting because in recent years, and guys, I've been here for 15 years, this will be number 16 coming up, and the recruiting obviously has not been where it needs to be. Now they've had some very good players come out of here, but it hasn't been consistently. Uh, and he's gone out and taken some very big swings and some high-level guys. And he's got a few hits here in the early going from a recruiting standpoint. It's a big weekend this weekend. I know they got a bunch of guys in. So I think that has helped him 
And it's certainly where you consider where he's come from. He's not shy about going after guys with four and five stars after their names. And so he's taking, like I said, he's taking some big swings. Hey, Mark. Uh, Mark Johnson, by the way, Colorado football uh, play-by-play uh, going into your 16th year. That's quite a uh, quite a task. Congratulations on that. Hey, and with, with that experience, Mark, uh, you know, the Pac-12, uh, when you look at schools with history, you know, the UC, uh, UCLA's and USC, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, uh, even Utah now trying to work their way into high respectability uh, around uh, college football. You know, I'm looking at the post-spring rankings, and you have six teams in the top 20, which is amazing because of the struggles that this, this conference has had. Is, is the, the time of turnaround, has it arrived in your mind? Well, it, it, I tell you this, it has to be the time of turnaround for Colorado. You can see how long this program has been. You know, it's one of the top 30 winningest programs uh, by numbers and by percentage all time. It's got a Heisman Trophy winner. It's won a major award. And the fact that, that during those 15 years that I've been here, there has been basically 10 awful years of college football in this program this thing has to turn around. I mean, there, there's no there's no waiting any longer. Rick George, you know, when he came in here, tried to help Mike get there. They had that magical 2016 season. You thought, well, maybe this thing has turned a quarter. And then the last couple of years, obviously, it hasn't. So um, they're all in. I mean, they pushed all their chips to the middle of the table at this point in time. And so this thing has got to turn around. They've, they've got to get back to being a consistent team you know, when I first got here, somebody once said, you know, when you're at Colorado, you don't wonder if you're going to a bowl game. It's what bowl game are you going to? How good a bowl game is going to be this year? And that has not been the case since I've been here. I've been to three bowl games. Is it three or four now, actually, I think about it. My first two years, one year with Dan Hawkins, and then 2016, and outside of that, there isn't been a sniff of postseason for this program. So I think this is a crucial time of this program. It's just been too long that it's been down and has not been consistently solid and good and competitive. And that's, I think, what, what Mel's here to do, and that's obviously what Rick George's plan is for. You know, and, and Mark, just to follow up with the rest of the conference, I mean, Colorado needs to turn it around, uh, and they obviously want to with a coaching change, and that's the plan. Yep. How about the rest of this conference, though? I mean, it's been down, and you've seen that. Yeah. But as I mentioned, those post-spring rankings give you some hope, and, you know, Utah is in the mix of that and a, a South favorite before the season even starts. Is the Pac-12 under Larry Scott? Is it ready too to make a move? Because it's it's really been disappointing. Well, there's no doubt about it. And, I mean, j- just look at what we recently saw here. Guys like John Wilner, what they've the information that's come out about you know what the payout per institution has been, and when you compare the Pac-12 to you know the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, and how far behind it's fallen in that regard. And then, as you point out, where we have been as a league recently both from a football and basketball standpoint, I think it's been very disappointing. This is too proud a league with too many proud programs. Uh, listen, Utah's done a pretty good job of, of, of holding its end of the market. Colorado has done not a very good job from a football standpoint. It's been okay from a basketball standpoint. But then when you look at some of these proud programs at USC in recent years, uh, UCLA, you know, what Arizona and Arizona State have not done, I think it's, it's – this is a crucial time, I think, from a number of perspectives, not only for Colorado, but for this league in terms of moving forward, looking to generate revenue, what a television deal is going to look like. Listen, it's time for this thing to start really being a conference of champions because so far from football and basketball, which are obviously the money-generating sports, it has not taken care of business here recently. 
Speaking of turning things around, how is that going to go with the offensive side of the ball? It seems as though there's been some struggle there. You told us you were the one that turned us on to that, that great receiver, Chenault. Is that how you say it? I well, mean, Chenault, yeah. He, yep. What happened? What happened to him toward the the back end of last season, and what will be necessary in order to make this offensive uh, attack work better? Well, I, I think number one uh, with what happened with this guy is the season war because I I really thought the first half of the year he was as dynamic a football player as there was in college football, and I took a backseat to nobody. But it was a kind of a one-dimensional offense, and putting that kind of pressure on him, he started getting dinged up. He had various injuries, and ultimately what doomed him towards the end of the season was the, the turf toe, which took him out. He really suffered that. It was the USC game where that thing really flared up on him, and he was never the same after that. So moving forward, I think Mel Tucker's offense is going to be very different under Jay Johnson, who's his offensive coordinator he brought with him from Georgia. Um, more run-oriented. Uh, they've really tried to make... I think uh, physicality was and I think it's going to be a little more balanced than it was. That thing got very pass-happy as the year wore on. Now, now, some of that was the fact that you're down to the football game, you got to throw more. But I think the game plans were that way, and I, I don't suspect that's going to be the case. Steven Montez is going to be now a, a fourth-year quarterback, a three-year starter, and uh, every time I talk with him, he says the same thing. He says, this is more of a pro-style offense. It's going to get me ready for the NFL. He's got such a monster arm and a very talented kid. And he says it doesn't put as much pressure on him. He doesn't have to win ball games. He just has to make sure he goes out there and doesn't lose ball games. And, and so I, I think there's going to be some changes in that regard. But there's no mistake about it. LaVisca Chenault is going to be featured every which way they possibly can because he is that kind of player. Hey, Mark, before we cut you loose, I'm just looking at your schedule. You open up against Colorado State, which uh, obviously an in-state rival. You end on the road here in Salt Lake City up on the hill against Utah. Yep. I've always, I'm just curious, from your standpoint, in Boulder, and I know when I was at Fox, they always kind of forced this issue about the uh, Rocky Mountain rival uh, and trying to build right. something. Do you believe that the Utah-Colorado matchup is that truly is that developing or will it ever develop into a true true rival that they i think a lot of people hope it would be you know i'm not the youngest guy in the world but the the, the old timers around the program always harken back to when it was the old rocky mountain uh, athletic conference days that's far beyond any of us i i don't think guys you you can't force an issue like that right. i know it looks good that you know, boy, if we can have Colorado and Utah, and they're both in the mountain time zone, and isn't it great we could have them as a rival? You can't force that kind of thing. Um, you know, the Colorado-Nebraska thing, that, that worked its way over a number of years when Bill McCartney came in and kind of tried to force it. But it, it became a rivalry because of what happened on the field. Now, right. Colorado and Utah have had some great outings. I mean, they've had some great contests uh, at different times. And, and you can think of some of the games here since they've both been in the Pac-12. But I, I can't. I can't say that Colorado-Utah is a rivalry. And they try, you know, here in, in Boulder and Denver, they try to force that. Well, it's still, you know, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, the team's wearing a red. Well, it's not Nebraska, you know, whom the Buffs will see this year at week number two at home after beating their place last year. So I, I still think those kind of things are you know, more of a uh, – it's, it's something that has to organically happen. And, and I think for Colorado from a football standpoint, you know, they've had some pretty good moments against Arizona State in recent years, but I can't say from a – in the football, Pac-12, there's really anybody that Colorado at this point in time really considers its rival, I think, uh, you know, this far into Pac-12 play. Mark, uh, last thing from me, have you been impressed by what you've seen in the rise of the Utes? 
Yeah, I, listen, I, I think when you look at the athletic departments across this league in football and men's basketball, I think Utah's is as consistent as anybody. I mean, you know, there there might be somebody that might be better. You know, Washington's obviously had a great run here in football and in basketball. Obviously, Arizona, when you think about that, and, and Washington right now. But over the course of this league, I know early on Utah took a couple of lumps as it was making that transition. But I think when you look at what Larry Kostobiak has done with the basketball program and Coach Willingham has done with the football program, I think they're as consistent across the board as anybody in this league. And that's something I think Colorado can learn from, to be honest with you. Mark, we appreciate you visiting with us. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Mark Johnson, play-by-play man for the Colorado Buffs. Compliments uh, compliments Utah. Yeah, I think Coach Willingham is pretty good, too. (laughs) That's a long day. I guess. Uh, Buller, when you you were talking to him about, you know, 16 years calling Buffs uh, football and basketball, uh, you know what that feels like, man. Yeah, uh, 15 coming up for the Jazz. It goes by much quicker than I ever expected. What's and I have a lot of respect for anyone who can just, you know, just hang in there. <laughs> so how would you describe the difference between calling games for one franchise or one school versus what you were doing with CBS and Fox where you're moving around from team to team to team? How is it the same? How is it different? I think you fall into more of a comfort uh, where you know coaches, players, you can get better information on a daily basis of what's going on with the with the franchise or the program. Um, you know, I, I think there's uh, with the fan base, there's more respect of what your workload is because they, they know you're with that particular team. The issues that I think everyone has at the network is that you drop in and, and leave. Uh, you come in for three days, you do your work, you talk to coaches and players, and you know you can't be a so-called expert. You try to do the best job you can. Plus, also, you split it straight down the line. If you're playing Georgia and Auburn, that's the way it is. I mean, if it's uh, Tennessee and, and uh, Alabama, uh, when I was with the SEC for such a long time, for 13 years. I mean, I got to know the conference very well. I got to know the Pac-12 very well in the four years I was at Fox, you know, and Sarkeesian came up to Washington, and you saw Oregon be a powerhouse with Kelly, and uh, you saw the woes of USC and UCLA and Arizona and what Utah built when they jumped in to the Pac-12. So you get, I think the important part of it is that you stay with the conference the best you can. I kind of split time between the Big 12 and Pac-12. But you, you want to build a rapport, obviously, with a fan base. That takes time. And if you're just jumping from one spot to another, it makes it more difficult. But I think the fans begin to know who you are and trust you with time. And that's what you need is can, time. Can they tell when you – or did you ever find yourself talking more about one team than the other and having to self-correct? Or did you hear from fan bases, like, what were you talking about the other guys for so much? Sure. Well, that's part of it. And if you get a half-and-half response, then you know you did your job right. Because, look, fans are fanatical. That's why they call them fans, right? And so they want to hear as much as they can. You know what? I I got – we get conversation about when ESPN TNT jumps on a jazz game, right, on a national basis. They're not here all the time, and I get that. And, you know, they, they come to us on occasion for a tidbit or two. They drop into practice or Doris Burkwood or one of their sideline reporters. I get that. And that's I was in that same position. And I get it. And if I wanted to go and ask, I would. Some, sometimes a lot of play-by-play guys, uh, they won't 
because of an ego or mm. because they, they want to be prepared in their own way. Uh, but it's, it's not an easy job uh, when you drop into a town or a city, especially in football, where the dominance of that game, especially in the South, is like religion, and you have to be on your game. <laughs> uh, and I found it quite a challenge for those 13 years. Uh, you know, ESPN, I was there for seven and had a chance to do Big Monday in the Pac-12 and around the old uh, whack. And so you get it from both sides. And so you try to hopefully you, you come in with an attitude of balance. And that's what it's that's, that's that's the job of that's what your job truly is to bring balance to the broadcast. Speaking of balance, I will continue on with my balanced list. Where are we? Number 14? I think we're we're edging toward the the back end of the list now. But I got some crazy stuff on here that we haven't gotten to yet. So if you're into crazy, (laughs) then stick around. Just your shadows. (laughs) Bowler's going to get a little crazy here (laughs) as the show goes on. So uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Back in, it is the big show. Craig Bowler, Jack, sitting in for Jake Scott. Austin is driving this boat. And Bowler, what do you got over there? Well, you know what? Something that uh, I think everyone uh, has been impacted, and that's uh, a word that no one likes to hear, but it's cancer. Oh, yeah. And those in your 50s, it's kind of that time to kind of, you know, get serious about uh you know, screening, check, yeah, and che- screening. That's mm-hmm. right. Checking, checking it out. And uh, June, by the way, is National Men's Health Month, and at the University of Utah Health Centers, uh, they're there to help you and all of us to stay healthy. And you know what's amazing when you're thinking about it, you read about it. Did you know that the leading causes of dan- cancer death in men over 50: lung cancer, prostate and colorectal cancer. So the mm. time is to screen and lead the life you want. That's the bottom line. You can visit uofuhealth.org slash men to schedule your appointment. I know that's probably the biggest thing, Gordon, for most men is to say, I'm going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to schedule. Believe me, schedule an appointment. Uh, you'll find if it's early detection, that is key. Yeah, let's hope we can uh, beat the monster. It really is the monster of our time, Bowler, I think. It's well, there's been a lot of uh, fundraising. Uh, of course, uh, the, the late, great John Huntsman has done marvelous things at the Huntsman Cancer Institute, along with others around the Valley, who, who you know, University of Utah and, and their relationship with, with everyone. It's just, it's just, you know what, get a, get a schedule, yeah. uh, schedule an appointment, get screened, and, you know, it's, it, it sounds more difficult than it actually is. Yeah. Here, here. And by the way, I just heard Looney is Ron a go Looney tonight. Is going, and Clay Thompson's going, and we're hearing that Kevin Durant's going to go. Steve in Kerr game, in game, next game five. Game five says he won't play tonight. Hopes Durant can play in game five Oops. or six. See that that still oh, opens six. up a whole bunch of discussion because what if they lose tonight? Does he still risk it? Yeah. Now, if they or win, will you be even more desperate to bring him back ASAP? And will he be? How effective will he be when you have an injury like that? And you've been how long? How many weeks has it been now since uh, he's played? Austin, see. do you recall? He's been out two plus weeks, right? Yeah, it's been a while. And when I imagine he's doing something to try and stay in shape, it's not like he's sedentary. But 
Well, when that injury occurred, I thought the whole world of basketball took a deep <laughs> breath and just kind of like, uh-oh. It yeah. looked like uh, what we've seen before with yeah, Cousins and Kobe and Memo. It's been since the 8th of May. 8th of May. A month. So it's been a full month. A month tomorrow. Amazing how long the playoffs. You know what that tells you? And this is a topic. They've got to make this, in my opinion. Don't We started in April, and it's almost two months of, of playoff basketball. Yeah. And there's been a lot of time in between. Yeah, there has. And I know rest is one thing, but you know what? Interest begins to wane. I think so, too. You know, it's June, man. Mm-hmm. Basketball yeah. is meant to be played, what, a little colder weather than, than what we see? I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, so what's your list? Give me your list. Keep all going. right. Let me hit just a couple things real quick. What's the deal with Beyonce fans having a fit and, a, and issuing death threats over social media to uh, because Warriors owner's wife, Nicole Curran, spoke with Jay-Z oh during the game? And How could he? How apparently could she? Beyonce had this look on her face like she didn't like what was said. And now all these people are, are acting as though this one, Nicole, she she was trying to steal Beyonce's man away from her or something. Oh, right there at midcourt? <laughs> oh. I mean, this, this, we're joking about this a little bit, but this bullying online, wow. I, I mean, on, on uh, social media is, is kind of crazy. You know what? Days. What? And, and Austin, jump in, man. We're at a time where I'm afraid to even look at somebody. Why'd you look at me when you said that? Because you think somebody might take it the wrong no, way? But look, if you lean over and talk to Jay-Z, now look, that's a whole different level of uh, personalities and, and wealth. Right. And and, and uh, those are star power people, and right? People are staring at them all the time. All the time. Get, get over it. I mean, over either, either understand it or don't go out in public. Well, Curran said she just asked what kind of drink uh, Jay-Z wanted. And if he wanted like a a lime in it or something, that's what she claims, and I don't know whether that's. We'll see the, what the kit when you save. Do you want a lime in it? That means something else. Oh, uh, that's a keyword. That's a secret word. So what exactly does it mean? Yeah, it means. Uh, do you want? Uh, um, well, ten, yeah. o- ten o'clock in the back. Okay, is that what that I'll means? I'll meet you later. Yeah, a lime. It's a. Code. I mean, lime is very refreshing. Yeah, it yeah. is code word. Lime. It's very crisp. You know, and cool. I think what happens. I don't know. Julius, I'm making all that up. <laughs> you know what? Here, uh, you know what probably happens, guys, is that she gets upset because you know she's front court and she got her view blocked by the TV <laughs> by by her leaning across her. Is that? Let me. Is but that, apparently, is that she, disrespectful to uh, lean across someone? When you're asking somebody yes. else a question, yes, just to lean over. And say, Unless hey, you say, I, I, "Pardon excuse me, excuse me, me. Yeah. Beyonce, my love, uh, my par- queen, please excuse me <laughs> queen for a B. moment, if I may bother thee." And I may I speak with your husband about a lime? I mean, that's what it's gotten to. Now, I mean, she's got the the album Lemonade, and now she's leaning over offering limes. Oh boy. This is yeah, I, I'm with I'm with Queen B here. All the lemons and limes can so are these two be, at the yeah. right uh, mixture. They, they're Gordon, pretty are special. These, are these two uh, have they have they made up or is this an ongoing? I issue? don't know. I don't know if they've made. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen okay. an update on that part of it. Well, There's I'm, that I'm, new Sprite lemonade I'm, that's out there. It's, it's limes, good. lemons, yeah, and I like lemonade. I, I mean, I like, the, I like the lemonade. We can get along sprite. here. Yeah. yeah. There's enough Jay Z for all of us. Yeah, What Jay Z's thinking? Beyonce. She's just sitting there going, hey, what, what? ladies, ladies. Come on, there's enough of me for everybody. That's an old Tony Curtis line, wasn't it? I'll have lemonade with you and limes with you. <laughs> no, it's Cary Grant. Guz, guz, guz. Oh, that's okay. There's enough of me for everybody. Well, nice. Well done. Yeah, practice that. Yeah. <laughs>
Who else you got? That's crazy. You been working on it? Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know my my go to guy. You know Mick. Hey, Cuff Mick. and Link. Cuff and Link. Muh. Hey, you hey know. Rocky, you want to invest in some condominiums? <laughs> oh, I no don't, thanks. I, I never use them. I don't use them. <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines in movie. Do, do you? Movie uh, do you? Is your John Wayne pretty sharp still? Nah, not you know. I haven't. I gotta. I gotta be in the mood. Oh, you know, you okay. gotta saunter in with the walk to really <laughs> make it work. Yeah, you had that little sideways. When's walk. the last time you saw Ned Pepper? Yeah, Ned Pepper. Would you mind repeating that, Jaybird? <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. You don't know anything I want to know, do you? What do you want? You have said enough. Have you ever been to Nacogdoches? <laughs> well, that one. Nacogdoches. <laughs> Where is Nacogdoches? Uh, I think Texas? it's in Texas, yes. Probably best bet since that's where. Right down there on the border yeah. somewhere. Nacogdoches. Right down there on the border somewhere. What else is on that list there, Gordo? You know, there are wind concerns in I'm Paris still very, for the I'm Women's s- World Cup. I'm still very, very upset, though, about the Beyonce issue, but go ahead. I, I, I know. I can tell yeah. you are. It really threw me for one. Hot or not? Beyonce? Mm-hmm. I, Is that an appropriate question uh, no. to ask? I, <laughs> Do you mean if it's like if the AC is working in Oracle I, tonight? I think or? Oracle was probably kind of a little, uh, a little. Uh, it was hot probably, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had a flashback to 1975 there. Uh, anyway, uh, Bowler, there are wind concerns in Paris for the Women's World Cup, which started today. 80-mile-per-hour gusts that would... at times. And it, I think if, if if it's gusting like that, then what does that say for the French Open? I, what sport do you think is the worst sport? Uh, for wind? The, yeah. Oh. Well, you Badminton. know. <laughs> 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 Badminton would be a shuttlecock is flying all over the place. Well, look, you know, in, in tennis, am I right though? Is uh, Roland Garros uh, is that is it? Un- well, no, Wimbledon's no, a little it's, bit it's more steep. underneath. It's, yeah, yeah it's so maybe that guy. blocks the wind. Yeah, maybe I would so. think in soccer, which is a much bigger field, mm-hmm. an eighty mile an hour gust could probably take a soccer ball from left to right and up or down. Right, but tennis. I would think would really be hard. horrific. Yeah. I mean, you your girls play. Yeah. You've yeah, been you, you watched it yourself, right? Yeah, that changes everything. Well, look at golf. It's you like can't. That. You know what? If you really want to play the game at its best, these conditions have got to be pristine. And but you also the the winner will have to be the best who is able to cope with the uh, uh, the the gusts of wind <laughs> was, that blow across. I was playing golf once in Southern California in this canyon. And a very difficult course. It was long. And it's the same course where I knocked that drunk off the picnic table when I tried to cut cut through a dog leg that went over this picnic area. And this guy was <laughs> dancing on the picnic And you table. hit him? I hit him in the head. Knocked him off the, the table. Why? I didn't mean to. <laughs> Well, that's different than how you presented it. <laughs> I thought it's you, that time I, I really, knocked that drunk. I, I really thought table. you teed it up and you went for it and you hit him and knocked him straight <laughs> off. I thought, wow. You talking about anyway? That's neither here nor did there. Did the wind catch the, the ball the wind, the, the, on that same course? I think on that same occasion, I hit. Usually, I think there was a hole that was like 170 yards, and I usually use a, an iron on that hole. And the wind was blowing straight at us, and I took out a fairway wood bowler. I hit it as hard as I could, and it dropped short of the green. 
I couldn't believe it was like a wind tunnel in there. I thought, you know what he was going to tell me? I thought you said that ball came right back and landed right back on the tee box. That's how strong that wind was. usually win. how these stories yeah, go. That's yeah. how strong that wind was. <laughs> but I stood my ground. And that drug sod and said, I'll never drink again. What do you think is the worst, Saved his life. worst sport for wind? Uh, golf, probably. I mean, well, yeah, setting but it up that would way. Be worse because a tennis ball is yeah, lighter than a golf ball. Unless if you're down in there inside a stadium, it's more swirling around inside there. I, I think know. you know, in a stadium, you got to break because sometimes the 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 wall or the uh, just the you know the stands is going to break some of it. You're going to get a gust here it and breaks there. Wind. Hey, try kicking a 52 yard field goal right in a in a windy stadium. Uh, yeah, that's gonna that can be hell on wheels, yeah. right? But I think in golf, though, I've seen guys who've actually turned, you know, into the wind and then, you know, throw it into the wind and let it drift it. You know, it's amazing mm-hmm. if you can play it that way. That's why they, I that's can't. why you always see guys pick up a, a piece of grass, a blade of grass. <laughs> My favorite is the old duffers on the public course doing that. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. going to change a dang thing. Just yeah. get up there and hit it. Yeah, yeah, are you serious? You see that on a public course, on a music course? I see course it all. I see oh, guys lining up, lining sure. up the putt on the. <laughs> Plum bobbing. Yeah, come on now. Oh, are you like playing this? in the U.S. Open over there? Gordon you just seen. had four beers and a dog. Go hit the ball. <laughs> doing this. Then you're throwing, you know, they, only, they do it more than once, yes. Austin. I've seen them like clumps of grass over and left and right. Like, wow. Getting out the little viewfinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Mickelson, let's get going here. We all got honeydews after have you this. Ever, have you ever gotten into an argument with people pushing you from behind on a, on a course? Oh, uh, I've, I've seen some, oh, I've gets, seen some wicked it's, fights. It's, un, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Especially with, I've played with my sons a few times, and it is uncomfortable. You are forced to pick the ball up and just keep moving. It's, it's like I'm galloping, you know, through 18 holes. Well, you don't, you don't. Playing polo on a horse. You don't hit into a group in front of you. Oh, Come I've on. I, I know it happens. Yeah. And I've done it before, just not on purpose. We know we heard you hit the drunk off but, the table. <laughs> oh, and he did it. He wasn't even playing golf. He was over there. Uh, but uh, a cold yeah, one? there's certain etiquette you got to follow out there. No matter how frustrating it gets when you're on a golf is track. frustrating. Yeah. Well, what's worse is if you're playing poorly and you're waiting yeah. on every shot. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to hear somebody in the back cackle at you. Hey, uh, Austin, the jazz dancers are having their uh, audition on July 6th. Uh, I've been working on it. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to judge <laughs> have that there, this have year? Ever been no, any, I'm auditioning. Have there <laughs> ever been any male jazz dancers? There's going to be now. <laughs> Mark my words. Ladies feathers. and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Austin Horton. <laughs> are you going to wear the outfit? <laughs> Everybody dance now. <laughs> Why, can you fit into one of those? No, I don't know if that's part of the requirement, but I can. Uh, they I can, can. They can. They can manufacture one. Okay. To put it in your uh, terms, I can cut a rug. <laughs> okay. Are you going to do the national anthem again, Eric? I don't know. I've never been invited back. I must have really sucked. <laughs> what year did you do that? Uh, Snyder's last year as an assistant in Atlanta because he was uh, there that night with Atlanta. He was so. with Budenholzer. Yeah, yeah. Did he say something? To he you? complimented me. In fact, that's that why night? I remember that. Yeah. That night, he said, "Nicely done." Yeah. Well, we got to get you back on the uh, uh, on the ticket there for uh, for uh, we you don't you need some, you got some sway there, Bo. I don't think so. And, and <laughs> the last time I did it at the bees game, I nearly died. So why? Because they had a live eagle, and the shine came off the oh back my of my gosh, head. He almost attacked. Are you serious? Oh yeah, just it, and it was about three feet behind me, and I didn't know what was going on, but it just started screeching and squealing and. 
I thought I was a goner. Well, they, did he think you were like dinner? I think he did. It, it must have <laughs> the glare from the, the glare. sun off the dome got him in wow. the eye, and he said, "Food." Is that a thing? An you're eagle? Just, you're just making that up. No, I've got audio of it. No, I know, but <laughs> do you really? Let me hear that. I gotta. That'd be worth. So you have the the audio of the of the, of the, e- eagle, of the eagle screeching at your head. Yeah, I gotta find it though. <laughs> I wonder now what is it about the, uh, that that would attract an eagle? I it wonder. must have been the glare. It, was it a bald eagle? <laughs> yeah, yes, it was a bald eagle. Okay. What, what other eagle is there? <laughs> I just wondered what the attraction. Wasn't a screaming eagle. No. I, don't... <laughs> I wondered what the attraction. Wasn't a Philadelphia eagle to your to your head was? I don't know the shininess. I don't know. Adrian's got it somewhere. Maybe we'll, we'll, see, we'll see, see if, if we can, can find, find that. that for you. That's got to have that sometime. All right, we'll put a wrap on the five o'clock hour. Coming up next, Craig, Craig Bowlerjack in the house on the big show, making the show bigger than it ever was. Right now, this is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Frank Dolce joins us. Who is leading the Utes in receiving yards this coming season? He's Brittany Covey. Okay, and if that's the case, are you good enough to win the South? Absolutely. I don't believe in offense. You don't have to throw the ball downfield to be successful on the offensive side. Utah has a significant advantages in the way that they can run the football. I don't think Utah has to throw the ball downfield. You utilize the talent that you have available. And if they start double teaming Britton Covey, what does that mean? Somebody else is not being double teamed. Somebody else has single coverage or somebody else is going to find themselves open. And that could come back onto the quarterback and offensive coordinator to find those, those weaknesses. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. Okay, so Austin is singing the national anthem, as you heard there at the Bees game. And an eagle decided he wanted uh, Austin for lunch. Yeah, or dinner, or, or both. Or both. That's amazing that you kept your cool. I don't know if I really did. You can hear me start Let's to hear shake that a one bit. more time. Here he is in the middle of it. Or the ramparts we watched. We're so gallantly streaming. (laughs) And And you can tell he's close enough because he's on the mic. Oh, he's on the mic. He's like three feet behind you, essentially. If that, yeah. And they had me meet the eagle before the game so that they'd be familiar with my scent. And this eagle was like tied down with chains and they had a... uh, 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 The handler was... uh, uh, A cattle prod at the ready. (laughs) This must have been a bloodthirsty eagle, man. He He was not messing around. Oh, that's funny. Sorry. Either didn't like my singing or was joining in or wanted me to be... Yeah, he was accompanying you. I thought he was (laughs) what he was trying to do. That whole experience must have been for the birds, really. (laughs) Well, now it's ruined, so Uh, thanks. (laughs) Okay, so Bowler, I got this story here how the Kawhi Leonard trade has forced McDonald's to give away almost $6 million worth of French fries. Hold on, hold on. So Kawhi and the Spurs and the Raptors make a deal. Yeah. And Kawhi comes uh, to Toronto. Days before the Kawhi trade, McDonald's promised to hand out free fries whenever the Raptors hit 12 
three-pointers. They figured they'd give away about $700,000 worth of, or no, 700,000 medium fries during the season, and that 700,000 turned into 2 million. 2 million orders of fries. Yes, for free. What's uh what's a medium fry go for now? <laughs> well, apparently, if it's five point eight million, is that what then, they they spin out? Uh, that's that's what they ended up paying five for this for however two million two million orders. So do the math on that. What is that two two point something uh, per order? Two I, bucks. Well, is Canadian. that what that would be? Canadian. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fries. You know, we so, can do Chick Fil A. So, before, so they they budgeted two million, right? And it no, turned out to five point bu- eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. No, no. They they budgeted for seven hundred thousand medium fries, however much that would it was be. Two million. And uh, it, it it and instead they gave away fr- two million free. Packets of fries, which was five point eight million dollars. Yes. Wow! Wow! Well, that's one reason why Kawhi's got to leave town. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see all the stuff. All the restaurants in uh, Toronto are offering him free food. Penthouse. Who, who offered him the penthouse? Yeah, the penthouse. Uh, they've offered him uh, the, the 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 key to the city and beyond. That's how bad they want Kawhi to stay. And if they win a championship, you know, I guess he did his part, right? I don't feel as bad for Toronto as I as I do for other franchises that have a guy who have essentially grown the guy. Kawhi was great before. Well, he got Demar there. Derozan is a guy that's a little sour right now. <laughs> well, I mean, he was the sacrificial lamb. You know, well, he said it himself yesterday or two days ago. He said, "You know, I, I'm the guy that built the franchise with Lowry, and now was the guy that was uh, disposable put out on on a boat." <laughs> in the sea and floated away if we tony and i were talking about this it sounds like your buddy who gets dumped and is the girl like three months later is married and he's like without me she never would have found happiness meaning he showed her that you know this is the way to not do things so she dumped him found happiness and moved on that's a really lousy analogy why (laughs) because i didn't think of it damar is just uh sad that he didn't end up the groom yeah, but I didn't get the feeling that he was bitter about it. Did you? I mean, he understood what was going on. I, didn't he? I, 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 I no? sense though, even when we made a visit there, our yearly visit, that there were still some uh, some issues. I tell you, he was a fan favorite. I mean, there is no question that he was Toronto. He was part of that city, part of that franchise with Lowry, and of course, uh, Dwayne Casey gets the boot as well after winning Coach of the Year, and now Nick Nurse is, you know, comes in and. Look, look yeah. how it works out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. You're there, you build it, then you leave, or you're shown the door, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the next guy gets the goods. Some, <laughs> sometimes or close to. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah, saying right. it's done. Huge game coming up in minutes uh, tonight. Uh, for Golden State, yeah. they've been in pressure cooker situations before. I don't see this team just kind of melting away. And with Clay back and uh, Looney available yeah. to play, yep. it'll be a different ball game tonight. We'll see how it goes. Uh, stick around. We'll uh, get into some interviews and we'll continue on with the list uh, in the six o'clock hour. We've got All right, 
Hey, Bowler, thanks for sitting in with us today, man. This was really fun. I'm sorry. I'm a sentimental guy. It takes me back in time to days gone by. And it, it, I mean, thanks for coming yeah, in. Yeah, no, I appreciate uh, Jake asking and Austin going along with it. And you, I couldn't pass it up. It's, hey, look, we had uh, a tremendous time and uh, proud of every moment and every minute we had. We're really laying the foundation to, in some respects for sports talk radio in this A little market. bit, yeah. You know, and, and you know, you made a comment a week or so ago about a lot of guys who had split apart and we know you know, it's interesting. It's this is a group of broadcasters that know each other very well. And, you know, PK DJ, but they've been, you know, been together a long time. You know, Austin has plowed his way into this business uh, as a host and as a producer. And, uh, you know, hands uh, from another place comes here and grows. And Scotty G goes from behind the, the, the glass to to a show host and also a big wig big wig VP. Yeah, he's like vice president of the world I mean, now. You know, I mean, and, wait, and you and I, we should have thought about on, that. Don't back we get when... a cut? Don't we get a cut of that pay? <laughs> a three percent cut? I don't get it. But no, it's fun because uh, it's it, it's it's watching a lot of a lot of guys grow and uh, and plus this place now is the home of the Utah Jazz, yeah. the flagship station. Yeah, let's think about it, Bowler. Uh, you and I started this station. Remember With that? a phone call. Yeah. And it grew it grew from, from one idea into what it's become, which uh, which is something to be proud of. Yeah, and, no. and then Ian Furness invented DJ and PK. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a great what, name. That's what, that's what Ian likes to say. That's that's a great name to bring up, man. Ian Furness. There's another guy. Oh, very talented. You, you yeah. know, the other day Gordon was uh, going on and on about how Ian thinks he invented it and Gordon really invented it. So uh-huh. I texted Ian and said, hey, you want to come on? And he said... Gordon knows the truth. Oh. <laughs> what? I do know the truth. That's why I say what I say. Ian is so full of it. Because we brought Ian over. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian wouldn't have been here without... PK uh, says it was his idea. Yeah, yeah. PK knows better. I don't know. Too. I just made that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is something to be proud of. And uh, the, the, the beat goes on. Yeah. The, the, the big show, which was we just kind of came up with that one day. What do you want to call this thing? I don't know. Let's call it a big show. And uh, it's it's uh, survived like Gunsmoke and uh, Big Valley. and uh, <laughs> Big Valley. You know, that was on. Who was your favorite Big Valley character? <laughs> Barbara, Miss Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> Who was it? What's her name on that? The, uh, oh. Was the, the the blonde? Yeah. Um, what was her name? Oh, I should know this. Was this uh, black and white television? <laughs> no, I, I've actually, never not, heard of this show. You've never heard of Big Valley? Nope. Who was who was the woman who? Uh, oh, I can see uh, her right the, now. The daughter. Yeah. Right. I can see her. Right Barbara now. Stanwyck was the mom. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and Lee Majors was in Lee that. Lee Majors, yeah. who became then the six million dollar man. Okay. <laughs> He, uh, he had a bit role in a good movie I like called Out Cold. That's he it. buys a mountain. He buys a mountain. And uh, kicks the snowboarders off of it. Bonanza was around a long time, too. That may have been one of the longest running TV shows of all time. It wasn't Linda Ev- Linda Evans. Evans. Good job. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking From the talkies. We're talking yeah. about a show that's it, two yeah, generations old, older it, than Austin, yeah, right? Austin was the old silent. That's right. Yeah, it was a silent show. <laughs> yeah, and piano playing in the back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just running around on honky-tonk piano. railroad tracks uh-huh. trying to untie the damsel in distress. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You've seen them one, you've seen them all. That's Everything right. has a beginning, right? It does. Just like this station. And the big, was, show, so. the big show rolls on. It does. Bowler, thanks a lot. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Austin, Thank you. for putting up with this. And uh, all our <laughs> listeners, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Have a wonderful weekend.